Welcome to Coffee in an Interview. I'm Jacqueline Pena, and we're here today with Alexa Martin to talk about mindset. Welcome, Alexa, to the show. Thank you. So nice to be here. I love how you said, like, we're talking about mindset. I'm like, yes, we're this is. We got yes. this. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive into this topic. People are probably wondering, what's mindset? What are we talking about? But tell us a little bit about yourself and, and what is mindset? I get that all the time. Honestly, when I tell people what I do, they're like, that's so cool. What is a mindset coach? <laughs> so I'm Alexa and I'm a mindset and life coach. So the work that I do is kind of two parts. So we have the practical life coaching. It's very day-to-day grounded, developing new habits, setting goals, getting clarity on decisions you want to make in your life. Just that very day-to-day practical life coaching. And then we have the sort of more of that like a healing mindset work. So this is more about how you think, how you talk to yourself, how you perceive the world, how your subconscious thought patterns are affecting, you know, what your external reality looks like. Because so often we only focus on that, like that life coaching, that external reality stuff. And a lot of times where the real work needs to be done is with the mindset work, right? And how we think shapes our world. And so you can't do one or the other. You got to do both. So I feel like you're, you're saying when we talk about mindset, their day-to-day strategies to help us, and then their broader uh, strategies to help us look at how we see the world and shift how we're living our lives. Right, right. Yeah, and this is where like you're looking at kind of the patterns of how you think and the patterns of things that keep coming up in your life, the patterns of relationship issues, the patterns of work issues, those patterns. And that's where it's like, okay, let's dive a little deeper to where this might be coming from. Because the reality is we create our external world for ourselves. It's like, we think that life is just happening to us, but it's really not. We're the creators of our lives. It's just that most people don't know that. And most people don't have the tools to kind of tap into that power. This is an interesting perspective because I know sometimes I think, well, why does this happen to me or this happens to me? And it puts us in a more passive role where we're reactive. And what you're saying is that in some things in life, we might be able to put on a different lens and look at things differently and make decisions that put in a more active role of taking control of our lives. I'm thinking, I also teach, I'm thinking about some of my students. How can I empower them? How can I empower myself in this area? I'm, I'm rambling because I'm already feeling connections to my own life. <laughs> and, you know, when we think that life is happening to us, this is like such an empowering mindset shift. And it's one of those things that it's going to sound really nice and it might not click for you, but one day you're just going to be like, Oh, life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. If you think about the fact that everything in your life had to happen exactly as it did for you to be sitting where you are today, you can sort of recognize that like life is happening for you. And so maybe you're running late to work. Maybe your car breaks down on the highway, whatever it may be. It's not starting to stress out. Why is this happening? It's like, okay, wait a minute this is happening for me. I might not know why, but it's just this trust that it is. Who knows? Maybe if you had kept driving, you would have gotten in a car accident. Maybe you're going to meet someone 
in the next hour of trying to get your car fixed. And that person 10 years down the line is going to come back into your life and change your life. Like we really never know, but it's just this inner knowing and this trust that everything is happening for you. Mm, for you. And that, um, yeah, for you and and and, may, and 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 you put some positive examples that we might not see at that moment. But when you're not always thinking about why is this happening to me, but okay, this is happening now. What can I do with what's happening now as well? Navigating the situation so that we don't block ourselves off. Uh, but then you brought this positive perspective. Wait, it could be for you. It could be something that is bringing you. It's teaching you a lesson. It's introducing a person. It, you know, it's avoiding something else. I hadn't thought about it from that perspective. And I love what you said, mentioning that it could be teaching you a lesson, because this is a big part of also trusting that everything's happening for you in, in that, like, we have to, as a society, stop resisting discomfort. Like, everyone's got to stop resisting discomfort. Think about where you are today, like where you are right now. Imagine if I said 30 years from now, you will not be any more mature. You will not be any more wise. You will not be a better partner, a better mom, a better sister, a better coworker. You're going to be exactly the same as you are today. That's terrifying. <laughs> that is terrifying. The only way to avoid that situation is through discomfort. We don't grow when we're comfortable. We don't change when we're, when we're comfortable. We only grow through discomfort. And so when you can start to recognize the truth of that statement, you can begin to kind of open up to embracing moments of challenge and embracing moments of hardship and not having so much resistance to feeling pain, but just recognizing that it's all part of the human experience. And it's only through those darker moments that you really grow and that you really step into the next version of yourself. Hmm. You're saying that and I'm thinking, well, this makes me uncomfortable. This other thing makes me uncomfortable. And we try to avoid the uncomfortable a lot of times. And when we can't avoid it, we're we're freaking out about it. We're stressing. We don't sleep as much. Um, again, I'm putting my, you know, I, I've been in the role of a, a leader in, in um, institutions. I've been in, in the role of teacher with students. And so I'm looking at all the, and I'm thinking about myself when I'm uncomfortable. And sometimes, like, for example, my students, I might lose some of my students who might feel uncomfortable with the speed of the course or that it's online. And, um, and I have a hard time keeping them engaged. And here you're giving us a tool saying, wait, um, we grow, we learn through discomfort. So how can I get them to see that and embrace that discomfort and work with me to be successful? And I think just explaining that to people, I, I think it's just, it's not something that we're taught or we talk about often, right? I think about my school age, no one was talking about mindset. <laughs> no one was talking about any of this. It was right to the math, none of this. And so I think just even showing people kind of like the why behind everything, explaining why you're doing what you're doing, what the mindset shift could be, and then just getting really vulnerable. Honestly, I think vulnerability helps a ton with relatability and building trust. So it's not just explaining this, but then it's also saying, and you know, here's a time that was really hard for me. And I was really uncomfortable. I was really sad. I cried for days. It was really 
hard. And here's how I grew. And this is why I know that everything's happening for us. And we only grow through discomfort. Mm-hmm. We only grow through discomfort. Any, any advice for, um, for any of us or any situations you can talk about in terms of this concept or, or even in looking at the mindset work you do um, day to day? Um, cause I'm, I'm, you're talking and I'm picturing myself in the leadership role and the teacher role and uh, relationships. You mentioned relationships. Oh, and patterns. Oh, I'm, I'm going into all these topics. <laughs> like <laughs> we are going to go into these topics, but do you have any other examples about growing through this comfort? And then let's talk a little bit about, uh, recognizing these patterns, mm-hmm. uh, as well. I want to talk about that. So, an example of growing through discomfort, and I've never even talked about this publicly, so it might come out like, <laughs> but it's a, it's a personal example um, from my own life. And I don't normally like share things when I'm still processing them, but I think we're on the other side. So we're good to go. <laughs> so, it, <I'm, laughs> so in my uh, romantic relationship, you mentioned relationships. So this um, sparked something for me. We just went through a period of a few months that was really uncomfortable. So we were living together in Boston. We were separating. He's moving to one part of the country. I'm moving to Mexico. There's a lot of discomfort with, you know, going long distance from someone. And we were working with like an energy healer who was like, you know, our, our spiritual energy couples guide. And we had really hard conversations of being like, you know, I actually don't know that I want to be in this relationship forever. And it's like, sitting with someone who you love and having them say, I don't know that I want to be with you and not just like freaking out, not just starting to complain or blame or like go into like, you know, super sad emotional reaction, but just like, it's like you almost breathe into that. It's like, okay, that's, that's really uncomfortable for me to hear. I'm really sad. And we're going to grow through this. Mm. Maybe we'll stay together. Maybe we'll stay apart. Who knows, but we're going to grow through this individually and possibly together. And so I think that in this example, it's just recognizing that when we receive uncomfortable information, when we receive uncomfortable situations, recognizing that autopilot that you may go to. And instead of doing that, like, it's like, there's a very small moment that you have between like receiving this and going into autopilot that you can stop be like, wait a minute. I'm not going to go into this autopilot. I'm not going to do the thing I always do. And I personally, I just like, I'm like, I'm going to breathe into this feeling and it freaking sucks, but I'm going to breathe into it and I'm going to get through it. That was a, that, that was a, a tough example because I myself, uh, so I struggle with relationships, let's be honest. And and it was key in this example, and I'm thinking about my own struggles in general, that communication is important. And that that is one of my biggest struggles, recognizing that this comfort, but then I don't know how to have the conversations and communicate around that so that we can grow from the discomfort. And mm-hmm. I, I find that that's a, a big piece of it, that communication. And this is where when we're having hard conversations, we only want to do so from a place of love, from a place of openness, from a place of vulnerability, acceptance. 
oftentimes we try to have difficult conversations from a place of fear, from a place of sadness, from a place of guilt. And when you're coming from that low vibe place, that's exactly what you're going to attract back. And this kind of goes into taking ownership of your own emotions and your own energy. So oftentimes, like we want to hot potato our emotions onto someone else. We want someone else to carry our emotions for us. We don't know that we're doing this on a conscious level, by the way. No one's walking around saying, I'm sad. I don't want to feel sad. I'm going to hot potato this onto you by doing X, Y, and Z. That's not what it looks like. It happens on very much an autopilot, subconscious, almost like out of your awareness way. But we don't want to feel that sadness. So we try to like hot potato it onto someone else because it's a lot more comfortable to fight than to be like, you know, I'm scared. I feel unworthy. I feel unloved. It's a lot more comfortable to fight. It's a lot more comfortable to blame. It's a lot more comfortable to self-shame. So this is where you really want to do the work when you're feeling emotional of looking inward to like, okay, where are these emotions coming from in me? Not blaming the other person. Where are they coming from in me? Because remember, no one can steal your peace unless you allow them to. So where is this coming from in me? How can I heal this within me? And then go have that conversation. When I've gotten to a place of healing, love, feeling whole, you're ready to be open, vulnerable. You're not projecting things from the past onto them. And it's just really having this conversation like in truth. Yep. Yeah, that's that's the hard work. And and I, I like how you said that concept of projecting yourself and projecting your past into it, because I think we do that a lot. And it's hard to um, for us to disassociate the past from what we're dealing with in the present. And that's where the personal responsibility thing comes into that. I always coach people in what I coach. I'm a big personal responsibility girl. I'm like, if you want to come complain about things. I'm not your girl, (laughs) but it's like, anytime you feel an emotional charge, anytime you feel that, like, sort of like that, Oh, something's there. Like something just happened. I'm feeling it in my stomach, my shoulders, face is getting clenched, whatever it may be. Look inward. Don't blame outward. Look inward. What is this triggering in me? Where is this coming from? When is the first time in my life I felt this way. That was huge for me. I used to fall into a lot of patterns of victimization where I kind of just like, I felt bad for myself and I felt like other people had it easier than me. And I started to ask myself, I'm like, okay, well, when is the first time in my life I felt this way? And for me growing up, I felt like my parents gave my sister more love than they gave me. And the story I started to tell myself was that like, I'm unloved other people get more love than me. I'm a victim. And then I spent the next 20 years collecting evidence in the world of that story. I was telling myself, just reaffirming that to myself. And then I started to create that reality for myself that affected how I then responded to people in situations, which then just pushed people further away. So it's really like looking back to like, okay, when is the first time in my life that I felt this way? Where could this be coming from? What do I need to do now to heal that past wound in order to live in the present moment and not just be like constantly triggered and physiologically bringing myself back to the past? That was a great example. Thank you. Because it helps us understand 
how we can project other uh, feelings or, or, or other experiences and how we felt into the current situation. But then you also showed us how to work through that, to think about it, to analyze it. That was a very helpful situation. I need a sip of coffee because now I, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. But relationships, anything with relationships, I think it makes me a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, relationships are vulnerable. They're really vulnerable. Really, really vulnerable. And honestly, relationships are where we do our greatest healing, I believe. I think I think relationships are the biggest mirrors for everything that's happening within. So it's like if you wanna, if you really wanna work on yourself, you really wanna see where you have places to heal, go get in a relationship and it will show you right away. <laughs> so maybe, maybe a, a to-do list if you're not in one, find one just to explore that. But but actually, I, you know, we're joking, but relationships mean so many things. We're talking about intimate relationships, which are actually the deepest kind to do to to feel some of these things and do the work. But the truth is we have relationships with different kinds of people. We have friendships, we have family-based relationships, cousins, uncles, aunts, parents, grandparents. We have work relationships. And um, I want to switch gears a little bit. We've been talking about intimate relationships and I want to switch into the workplace and careers. This work and growing through this comfort, I can see a place for that in the workplace as well. Have you worked with a lot of people who are, in terms of mindset, this mindset work and growing from this comfort in the workplace setting instead of just the intimate relationship setting? Oh, 100%. I think that a lot of people come to me with a lot of workplace issues because I mean, we spend so many hours of our day at work. So it's natural that that's going to happen. And so an example of how you grow through discomfort in the workplace is through saying no and setting boundaries. People don't want to do that. People are caught in people pleasing. That's really uncomfortable. And it's the only way you're going to grow. It's the only way you're going to be able to own, take ownership of your life and protect your energy. So really learning how to set boundaries, to stand in your worth, to say no, to know your values, know what's important to you and live your life in alignment with that and not just be constantly just sucked into what everyone else is doing or wants you to do. Yeah, that's definitely one one of my biggest problems. And I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that when it comes to the workplace. And I think saying no becomes very difficult, but setting clear boundaries and still being able to feel like you're performing to the standards you want to perform to that you're still delivering what you feel you should deliver. And, and um, that, I think that's part of that conversation we have to have with ourselves. What is our true role in this workplace setting? And, and, um, and, and how do I create those boundaries? Mm-hmm. And this also goes into communication because it's so important for us to have clear expectations. Sometimes we just assume that like people are expecting certain things from us that they're not. Sometimes we have expectations of them that they don't even know about. So really communicating those clear expectations on what's your role, what are what is expected of you, what do you expect from them? Something that I coach people to do is just have monthly, depends on the person, the job, but we'll just say monthly, 
conversations, a 30 minute time block set up with their manager where it's like, okay, here's how I felt this month. Here's how you felt. Here's what I'm expecting moving forward. Here's what I'm expecting moving forward. And just like revisiting those, right. And bridging that kind of like that lack of communication, so much resentment builds in lack of communication. And so just having that like monthly cadence, that monthly time block where it's like, we're going to have a hard conversation and we're going to revisit what worked this month, what didn't work in order to make changes moving forward. And the reason why I have people just have that on their monthly calendar, weekly, whatever is going to work for you is because if we don't have it there, we likely won't do it <laughs> and we'll avoid it and we'll resist it. And we'll say we don't have time or whatever it may be. We are great as human beings of coming up with reasons in our head for why we can't do the things that we subconsciously don't want to do. So we will say, you know, we don't have time, we'll avoid it and it won't happen. So I think it's really important to be proactive about these types of things and like have it in your calendar. This is a conversation we're having every month. Mm -hmm. I like this concept. I have a whole card now dedicated to clear expectations um in the in the workplace and I, I think this is very timely because so many of us are remote or in this hybrid space um leaning more on the remote side and and if you're not in that physical space with your team where you can have those casual conversations about expectations as you're getting water going to the restroom getting lunch it's easy to let it slip off so so I like this idea of blocking it off on your calendar having those weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, one-on-one meetings and being mm -hmm. clear about your expectations. And, and that's, a, that's a takeaway for me because even my own consulting firm is a 100% remote consulting firm and we're all over the U.S. And, um, and when we meet every week, I, I'm wondering how clear am I in terms of articulating my expectations? Because I think that would help my team and vice versa. Um, what are the expectations of me? How can I support my team? Mm -hmm. And also just getting clear on how, you know, you set up the conversation, because when we're talking about things like expectations and boundaries, oftentimes it gets kind of blurred with our sense of like, am I liked? Am I worthy? And that's where things get really tricky. And so you want to set up the conversation in that like, this has nothing to do with your worthiness as an individual. This has nothing to do with how much I like you as an individual. Like this is, it's all no emotions. Like we're just, just data and feedback and like pivoting, moving forward. It's like, we're taking the emotions out of things because I know with boundaries, a lot of times like people's sense of worth become <laughs> a big, it becomes like at stake almost. And it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. I like how you said that it's it's uh, we got to get the emotions out of this conversation and focus on the data, on the expectations, on uh, the deliverables, on pivoting if we're going to tackle a project a different way or how we do something. And uh, so I, I like how you frame that because it, it, it makes it a very concrete process. I like concrete. I like lists. I like to do lists. I like to, but concrete processes that we say, okay, this is what we're doing. And emotion gets in the way, I think sometimes, especially in those workplace conversations. And mm -hmm. it, it, I know for me, emotion fogs my brain up and I'm not able to articulate what I'm really trying to articulate. And this is exactly, you know, 
the same as that conversation that you were going to have in your intimate relationship where you don't want to do it from a place of fear, guilt, sadness, anger, resentment, frustration. You want to have healed that on your own and then have that conversation from a place of openness, acceptance, whatever it may be. So it's funny. We always say how you do anything is how you do everything. So how you have hard conversations in your intimate relationships is going to be how you have hard conversations at work, how you bring your emotions into certain things that your intimate relationships is how you're going to bring your emotions into things at work. So everything's just like a mirror for each other. Hmm. Man, we brought it back to relationships. <laughs> but no, no, no. But pull it back to work. Pull it back to work. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just being silly, but, uh, but, but no, I, I, I get what you're saying. We have to be able to have those conversations. And notice how everything we've been talking about in terms of mindset is about getting comfortable with the uncomfortable, or, or accepting the uncomfortable and using it as a growing place communication keeps coming up, recognizing patterns, reflection to figure out where is this coming from. So these are some of the themes that have been coming up in our conversation so far. A hundred percent. And like, this is exactly what I teach and coach people on because so often we're just stuck in like talking about all these surface level things. And we really have to dive deeper and look into all these things. And I really believe that the inner work, the mindset work, the healing work is where your greatest growth is going to happen. Yeah. yeah. You're definitely giving me a lot to think about. And, and you, and you brought it to my next question, which was going to be, how does, how do all these different pieces that we're talking about come together in mindset work? And you have two kinds, meaning there's the day-to-day mindset and then there's the healing mindset and you, you started navigating that way, but how else does this all come together in terms of the work that you do and the work we need to do? So I think this is where like you really look at developing a sort of mindset practice for yourself, whether that's working with a coach, whether that's working with a therapist, whoever it may be, you're developing this sort of mindful, reflective self-aware practice you can do it on your own also if it's not accessible to you a hundred percent but it's really really helpful to do it with guidance from someone else because we're kind of like in these storms and we need someone to like look up and in and be like hey like this is what you're not seeing this is what's coming your way you know it's hard to know these things for ourselves it's hard to at first recognize our own patterns we need that objective view that guidance from someone else who's going to sort of recognize it for us and help us see for ourselves what we currently cannot see. So it's really having that practice, that mindful, intentional, reflective practice, and then building from there. And honestly, and it depends on your situation, but I think that doing the inner work first is more important. So it depends on the situation, but Typically we're like, okay, let me switch my job. Let me leave this relationship. Let me have a hard conversation with my friend. I think what's more important is to do the inner work first and then do those things. Because oftentimes those things are coming from, like we said, past hurt, past wounds, things from the past that we're projecting onto them. And so you're not, you can't have like a clear objective view of it. So 
Yeah. That, I mean, it, but it depends on the situation, honestly. Like if you're in like a really unsafe environment, a really bad workplace, whatever it may be, may be then yes, a hundred percent leave that. But if it's kind of like that, ah, well, I'm a little annoyed, I'm a little frustrated, so I'm just going to leave or I'm just going to fight it. That's where it's like, okay, let's do the inner work first. Okay. That's, that's good. So at least I feel like some of the decisions I made in my life have not been so rash because there is some thinking behind it and some planning. And then I wonder if some of the decisions I've made have been made without that inner work. So I'm thinking about those relationships that I might cut short or um, some, some other decisions or how I react to things is because I, I needed to do that inner work and I didn't, I went straight to, this is what's happening right now. Yeah. I, I feel, I feel like we're in a coaching session. <laughs> I know. I feel like we just went through a lot. I'm like, woo. <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, <laughs> no, this brings up, honestly, this work brings up so much for people and like my, just like take action, do something, right? People have such a small fleeting moment to build on momentum after they listen to this podcast, after they listen to it on Instagram, wherever you're listening to it. We have a very small fleeting moment to build on the momentum. It's like, you can listen to this and then carry on with the rest of your life. And one week goes by and it's like nothing changed, or you can listen to this and like actually start to take your life, take your life, actually start to change your life. Take control right. of your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like momentum is powerful, but you have to build on it and you can only build on it through taking action. So it's like, put your phone down and just go do something right now. Go buy a journal on Amazon. Go follow me on Instagram. Go follow some other mindset coach on Instagram. DM a coach, look up a therapist, whatever it may be, just do something. Because it's the only way that you will build on the momentum that you just created for yourself by listening to this. Yeah. I think you brought up a great point is you're right. We, we you know, I'm listening to this. And I'm thinking, okay, I need to do this. I need to do that. Now, when we're done with the interview and I go back to the rest of my life, I need to make sure that um, I take action right away. I, today, I have to think about, I have to do some reflection on a couple of things you've brought up inside of me that I need to look at. And what am I going to do with these things? Because if I leave it to the sidelines, it's going to be two, three weeks from now. I'm like, oh, yes, I, I need to work on this. But by then, I think that momentum, as you said, is gone. It's not the same as me taking action. Now, I love that phrase, take action. I think that's that's key. We need to take action. 100%. 100%. I'm trying to think of like on the spot fun ways to get people to take action. I'm like, what can they do? Honestly, you know what you can do? If you have Instagram, you can just DM me an emoji of a microphone. It's like podcasts, like a microphone. And I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to respond with, but <laughs> it will be, I mean, it's like, that's honestly, you'll grow from that. Cause like DMing a stranger on the internet, a picture of a microphone is uncomfortable. You're like, I don't really know about this girl. I feel a little like, eh. it's like, just do it. You'll overcome some fear in doing that. Embrace the discomfort and you're building momentum for yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's, there's I like an idea. 
So for anyone listening, the the links to all the resources we're discussing throughout the interview are in the podcast description. You could click on the link or depending on your browser, copy and paste it into the browser. But that includes the Instagram handle. So Alexa's Instagram handle that will be there. So you can send her that DM with the microphone right after this. Yeah, let's see what happens. <laughs> what happens? How many of those you got? <laughs> Yes. Um, so I think I think taking action, being comfortable. Uh, well, I keep saying being comfortable with the uncomfortable, but being comfortable and embracing the uncomfortable and using it as a growing um, step or platform, I think was big. Um, I, and I keep going back to that one because we've been in COVID for a bit. And, you know, some of us had, uh, well, I think almost the entire world had at some point a massive lockdown in 2020. And we've kind of been reopening. Some of us are still mostly remote. And I find, at least with me, I'm not the same person. I feel like um, more things feel uncomfortable for me. Things I used to feel comfortable are also feeling uncomfortable now for me. And I, I, I think this is the time to, to step back and see what's, what makes me uncomfortable, why, and how do I um, grow from it, tackle it? Um, you know, whether it's it's travel, it's already something new, uh, social engagement, uh, and I don't mean in Zoom, I mean in an actual room with other people. <laughs> I, think, uh, I think there are added layers to this that, weren't there a few years ago for me, but for many of our listeners as well. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. We are definitely in a uncomfortable time and it's a perfect time to embrace it and grow. Perfect time to look inward. Yeah. 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 And look at those patterns and grow from our experiences. I agree. So, um, you know, we've talked a lot about some of these key themes within this uh, work of mindset, um, things that we could do day to day, things that are um, deeper, more complicated, more healing kind of mindset work. What advice do you have for us, for me, for our listeners, uh, for our listeners? I keep saying me because let me tell you, this this conversation has me really. I have a lot of homework to do this weekend. It really has me going, looking at workplace decisions, career decisions, um, relationship decisions. There's a lot there that I've worked on, but realizing that there's more that I could do to take action and take control of my life and have those boundaries and things like that. So. For all of us, Alexa, what what are some tips, some advice you could give us of what we could do? I know you said go get a journal, start doing this work, but in the bigger scheme, can you give us some advice? Yeah, I mean, and this really comes back to just like the taking action piece. I think my biggest piece of advice would to be just think about one single thing that resonated from this episode, not five, one one singular thing, one action step that inspired you, inspired in you, one thing that resonated for you, one idea you have, and go do that thing and just pick one because we listen to these sorts of episodes and write, I can give you a hundred things to do right now that could help you change your life, but you probably won't do any of them. So <laughs> like, just like to be like real, like just pick one thing that resonated for you from this episode and go do it. I like that. I think you're reading my mind. I'm one of those who can never pick one, but wants to do five or 10 things. And then it's not as attainable or as doable because of everything else in life. So I like that advice of just pick one thing. 
Exactly. Focus on that. Yeah. Take action. And you know what? You can listen to the episode again and then pick a second thing to work on. But I do like that idea of let's just pare it down. Let's just pick one. Exactly. So I I hope um, for everyone listening that this interesting kind of reflective conversation has stirred up a few things inside of you, because I think that there's a lot of work that all of us can do in terms of mindset work. Uh, things, whether we're looking at relationships, where we work, looking at careers, whether we're looking at our own purpose and passion in life and what we are doing day to day. Um, and so, as you know, um, there's a lot of work we could do. I want to take this moment to thank Alexa. We were actually coming to a close here with this final bit of advice. Alexa, thank you so much for our listeners out there. The resources are in the description for this episode. And don't forget to DM Alexa with that microphone. Take the leap. Um, But if you want to DM us, either one of us on Instagram, you know how to find us at Coffee and an Interview. And also check out our website, coffeeandaninterview.com. Alexa, thank you so much for joining us and for this wonderful conversation. I feel like I... I, you know, I was like your client and you really helped me do some things, believe it or not. This was amazing. Thank you so much. And yes, definitely DM me that microphone. Also, depending on when this comes out, I'm going to be hosting a free, super fun challenge all about stopping the scroll, which we all, we all fall prey to. So it's going to be this epic free challenge. I'm actually so excited about it all about stopping the scroll. So if you send me that microphone, I will send you the details. Awesome, awesome. And in case we had any Wi-Fi interruptions, it's a great challenge. Stopping the scroll, send the microphone DM to Alexa and definitely um, repeat the episode, share with others, check out the free resources in the description of the episode. Thank you, Alexa, for all of that. And thanks thanks to, to all of you. I can't even speak. That's how much work we just did internally. But thanks to all of you for listening to the episode. Um, and check out the other episodes for coffee and an interview. Thank you.